You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, Proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. Oh, all right. Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com, Madam Speaker, I'm Susan Ryan. Blanchard. What? <laughs> it have to be Blanchard Ryan. It's Proudly I'm with Blanchard Ryan, who's in uh, in hiding, apparently. <laughs> Blanchard Ryan was in um, Open Water, the shark movie where she was actually in open water with actual sharks and it became a huge hit, an underground hit, kind of the same world as uh, Blair Witch, right? What did yeah. you say? And then uh, so talk about how that movie came about. And what life is like afterwards, right? Yeah, sure. All right, Let's and we're in your apartment. Yeah, we're hanging out, hanging out in my apartment. I didn't have a very long commute. Adam brought me a really nice lunch from Shorty's, some healthy cheesesteaks uh, to get us ready for our hard day work. Open Water. What was the big success? What it went to Sundance and. Yeah, it started out, we got into the Hamptons Film Festival, which is an amazing film festival if anyone ever gets a chance to go. It's beautiful. And they were great to us, and, and um, but it was a rough cut of the film. And Variety, we found out that a Variety um, had sent a reviewer, and we thought we were dead because the music wasn't you know really done, and the ending was a little funky, and our director was like, this is going to sink us. Like, this is going to be the end of us. Um, but there was nothing we could do. It was like an hour before the screening, and it, and it happened. And the review, when she after she wrote it, was one of the most <laughs> glorious reviews I've ever seen in Variety. We were stunned. She just loved it, and and I think half of it. Well, I mean, I, I give credit to the wonderful Hamptons, the festival, and the people there were so warm, and they were so the reception was so great. The screening was amazing. They clapped for five minutes. They asked all these wonderful questions. It was just a really nice atmosphere. And, and the woman couldn't have been better to us in her review. And Sundance had rejected us. <laughs> and then when they saw the Variety review, they were like, oh, wait, we forgot to tell you. Uh, actually, you're coming to Sundance now. So we were thrilled. How did the movie come about for you? I just auditioned for it. It's interesting because of my weird name. My agent had worked with Chris Kentis, the director, on a previous project of his. And when he came to her to cast this, she said, I've got the perfect girl for you. And he said, no, I've already cast the girl. I just am looking for guys. And she was like, I really, really want you to meet her. And he was just like, there's no point. It's a waste of her time. We're, you know, in a hurry. Thanks, but no thanks. So she put me on the list anyway, because she was hoping he wouldn't notice that Blanchard Ryan was a, you know, she would, that he would think I was a man and not a woman. And he didn't notice. And I went in for the audition. And then he was like, oh, Jesus, now what am I going to do? And he had to fire the other girl. And Whatever. So that was unfortunate. You Have you seen the other girl? Yes. And it's fascinating because she's this fragile little, like, delicate, like a Winona Ryder type. White skin and black hair. She's adorable. But she's so, I'm like this big, blonde, you know, strong, kind of outdoorsy looking creature. And she is so, <laughs> well, she was so delicate and sort of urban. I'm like, she would have burnt to a crisp like it would, it would have been an entirely different movie with that casting and I actually literally would worry about how she would have made it through physically like she was just she was like a little ballerina like a delicate little you know china doll and it was pretty strenuous out there I don't know well anyway I guess we'll never know but well just for people who haven't seen it what was the story behind the movie what right was well, the premise was basically a 
a yuppie couple who are sort of growing, have grown, are married and happy enough, but have grown apart and they decide to take a vacation to spend some time alone, reconnect, and they go out on their dive boat and the dive goes fine, but when they come up afterward, the boat has left and they're just left out in the middle of the water. The rest of the movie, really, good hour of it is just them sort of slowly realizing that they're actually in trouble and, and how they deal with it. And, uh, it's interesting. At first, we just we sort of are just angry. You know, the, the boats left and we were like, we have tennis lessons this afternoon and this is inconvenient and we paid a lot for this trip and we're like typical obnoxious Americans. We're just, we're just mad because things aren't going our way. And we see three or four boats in the distance and we figure, oh, well, we cannot, you know, we're not going to get left out in the middle of the ocean. It's, this, isn't a, this isn't a horror movie. And then as uh, the sun starts to go down and the other boats start to pull away, we realize how far away we are from everything. And dehydration, sunburn, jellyfish, there's a barracuda, um, and then of course the inevitable sharks come up once the sun goes down. So um, there's a lot of things out there you don't really want to be dealing with. So there were actual sharks when you guys shot the movie? Yeah, so we, we did two, two days of of shark of diving with the sharks we called those the union sharks there were there were other sharks that came up during the shoot that we were, they were uninvited guests um and the two directors they really co-directed it laura Lau and chris kentis they both had cameras on the boat and they had a better perspective of looking down into the water it's hard when you're in the water to see um, through the top of the ocean because it sometimes it, it's reflective like glass and the sun hits it a certain way but they could see down past us our feet so they would all of a sudden be like, let's just have you guys swim around to the back here and come up the ladder. And I'm like, why? Oh, my God, what's down there? What did you see? What did you see? That You know, they're trying to keep us calm. And I'm, of course, freaking out. But anyway, back to the actual Union Sharks. Um, we had two full days of swimming with them. And we did all the coverage we needed of us with the sharks. And we had to, we had to stay very calm when they were around for obvious reasons that we didn't want them to think we were wounded prey but it's interesting the way Chris cut it together because we'll have a you know yelling crying oh my god where's that shark all that stuff was shot weeks afterward when the actual shots with the sharks in them we're very still and very calm and I look like about five shades paler white and not very happy but they had real sharks right coming at you oh there were 60 or 70 of them all over the place I mean they were they were everywhere yeah they threw chum and they would throw chum so that they liked to you know they they really Got a good kick out of when the sharks would swipe like in front of our faces. So they would throw the chum, you know, so and I'm like, you know, it's a little close. Like the chum is like bouncing off my shoulder. I'm like, could you guys work on your aim a little bit? You know, the thing just almost swiped my nose off. Yeah. And they're bumping into your legs and they they don't take a wide path around you. Like when sharks swim by you, they basically rub up against you like a kitten would. And you feel it and you feel them hit their your legs and they're these big, powerful creatures. I was just... I was exhausted by the end of the day. I was just a nervous wreck for eight hours straight. All right, so the movie comes out, and it becomes a huge hit. And what is that like for you? Because you're a working actress anyway. You've been doing tons of commercials and tons of stuff. Yeah, it was interesting. I never had wanted that kind of commercial success. I liked doing well, I think my... You're, you're well, just like working and then not I kind working. of, yeah. I like to... I mean, Adam and I have been joking about it. I, I, yeah, I love doing commercials because you work for a day and get paid for a year, and nobody knows who you are, and... I had a very normal life working and with my friends and just a really nice lifestyle and enjoyed what I did, but it was just very calm and peaceful and happy. And then when open water hit, uh, I had to move to LA, which was very difficult to, for me because I'm an East Coast person. And I was actually doing a lot of work for which I wasn't getting paid. Like they'd be like, but you get to be in whatever magazine. I'm like, well, 
but are they paying me? They're like, no, it's GQ. I'm like, well, then why am I doing it? <laughs> well, you're doing it to promote the movie. It's like, well, I'm not going to get paid for the movie because you know, the movie was non-union and I, you know, that was our contract. So it was very strange for me. I never really kind of understood the whole process. I love Chris and Laura so much, the filmmakers, and I was happy to support the film. But that whole promoting the movie process... It was like six months, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, we, you know, we've traveled all over the world. And it was just... I kind of got kidnapped out of my life that I loved. And as and I did my best, and I worked really hard at, at doing a good job for them. But it was difficult also because the filmmakers wanted the movie portrayed accurately as it was, which was, it was, it was a suspenseful movie, but we were, our lives were not in danger. And it was, they're, they're very professional, responsible people. And Lionsgate, of course, wanted us to talk about how our lives were at risk from morning till night and how we almost died on a daily basis and how the insanity of the filming conditions and everything. And I felt like that was throwing Laura and Chris under the bus. But at the same time, I wanted to make Lionsgate happy because they were our, they had bought our film and were sending us all over the world and treating us great. It was it was uh, very much a no-win situation. But also, you're an actress, and you want people to, to know you're an actress, right? You're not somebody off the street. Right. right. Uh, no, I don't really need them to know that now. No, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I well, we were just talking about the Blair Witch, like, Mike Williams and those guys, they were all actors, and they were told to pretend that they were not. Right. And ours so, was, yeah, ours was not like that. Ours was just a regular, straightforward, scripted movie. We weren't... We weren't trying to pretend like it was found footage, or yeah, yeah. it was a. It did the was studio a, want you to play down that you're a real actress? No, no, not at all. I think they what they were trying to do is the behind the scenes thing. Uh-huh. Like here was this actor and this actress who took these great physical risks while filming this, you know, scripted movie. No, they didn't. It wasn't like we were supposed to pretend we actually got left behind by a boat or anything. But they just wanted to make they they wanted people to say, "Oh my God, I want to go see this movie because I want to see that girl who almost got eaten by a shark in real life." They wanted to make it seem like our lives were in danger. It was good publicity, and I don't disagree with them. I'm sure people went to see the movie for exactly that reason, and they're good at what they do. That's their job, and the movie did brilliantly. So I can't argue with their methods, but. For me, it just wasn't true. And at the same time, it made Chris and Laura look really irresponsible, which they weren't. They were absolutely wonderful to us. So it's sort of like uh, being torn between two masters. I, I, I felt like, and actually the case was, no matter what I said, somebody was disappointed in it. So that was not ideal. When your movie becomes a hit at Sundance, do you call the bully that bullied you in growing up? Do you call the mean <laughs> girls and say, fuck you, I'm in Sundance and I'm not talking to town? Uh, ex-boyfriends, <laughs> Facebook pages, you just How do you like up. me now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm such a, I, I, don't, I don't know, I started acting really late in life. I have so few, I had so few goals. I've never wanted any of that stuff. I never fathomed in a million years I'd have a movie at Sundance. I mean, I was so thrilled. I got such a huge kick out of it, but I, I mean, I just didn't care that much. And I, and once I've done it, once is plenty. Like, I didn't need to be doing that again. Like, I mean, it was a pain in the neck, really. I mean... I didn't do well with the altitude and Sundance, and you know you have to join clubs to just go get a drink. I don't know the whole thing. It was you know. well because you were you're a successful commercial actress, and did you have to stop doing commercials? And- yeah, well, this is yeah something else that that um, was a was a strange sort of cognitive dissonance during that time was that um, yeah I ended up losing basically 
kind of lost my job because my job was in New York doing commercials. And once I took all my clothes off in open water, of course, I wasn't really very appealing to the Procter and Gamble, uh, you know, marketing campaigns of all the toothpastes and the and the you know floor waxes that I used to do. And um, also, my new agents, my fancy new representation in Los Angeles, was trying to position me as a movie star and didn't want me doing commercials because that was now beneath me. So I ended up not making any money that year and I lost my health insurance for the first time in 15 years. It never happened to me before. You don't have to make that much money to, to be covered by SAG. I mean, it's wonderful coverage and it's, we're so lucky in this day and age that we have medical coverage at all, but I never gave it all that much thought and I was working and busy. And I remember when I went to the doctor that next year, you know, just said, what's my copay? And they were like, you don't have insurance. I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, and, and that was the year Open Water came out, but it, Open Water wasn't SAG. And I had all the other things I did, like Jimmy Kimmel, which we'll talk about, and all the other shows were all AFTRA. And I didn't do any SAG work and lost my insurance. And so it was just so strange because people kept saying like, oh, congratulations on all your success. I'm like, I had the worst year of my career. <laughs> I didn't you realize had a hit movie and <laughs> yeah. you couldn't even get health insurance. Exactly. Yeah. And I, it was the, it was, uh, I was so proud of that movie and I still am. And, um, yeah, but seriously, fuck those sharks. Yeah. Well, no. And it like, had nothing to do with the movie. It was just, I was naive about, I should have looked out for myself. I just should have said, no, I'm going to stay in New York and keep doing what I'm doing. I, I probably should have um, been a little more, uh, you know, looked out for myself a little bit more instead of trying to do what everyone else I mean, You seem to have protected yourself pretty well. I mean, I was talking to you then, like, yeah. you had them pay for certain things and you had yeah, them cover stuff. But, yeah. but how do you know? You don't know. You've never been through this before, exactly. right? Exactly. So I had to I'd learn as I go. And I, I was so afraid to come off as a, you know, a brat. Like, they would say, like, here's this wonderful opportunity. Like, they wanted me to go to Australia for three weeks. I was like, I can't afford it. And it's like, but it's a free trip to Australia. I'm like, I know, but I got to work. I have bills to pay. And I didn't want to be that girl. I wish I had had 100 grand in the bank so I could have just done it all but i i had to think about my life you know what do you think about all the actors that promote movies like i was just reading thinking about jamie fox going around the world sure. he's got he got paid for the movie right. he's getting paid for this movie yes and that's the thing i mean they, and i understand when people say now they say you know you do the movie free and the the money is really for the publicity because it's the movie's a lot more fun to, to so you know to you do than that yeah well you, it's like you when when you're glad you're getting paid the most is when you're doing the publicity because that's the really that's uh, what can I say about it? It's not. It's not fun. I just want to get into commercials real quick. Can you, do you want to talk about your trick for getting commercials? Oh my god! That's well, my favorite thing. Well, which one? The, um, you well, mean you, you watch all the commercials? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was very, I was very other side of the brain about my pr- approach to my commercial career. I used to watch. I should do it now too. I'm a lazy actress now. I used to watch all the commercials and flip channels back and forth and back and forth just to find the commercials and keep a list of every product known to man that ever came on for months and months and so then when I would get an audition I would know exactly the type of person that they were looking for like was she the prettiest girl in your high school was she like you know this glamorous movie star looking person and how old were they and what did they wear and how did they do their hair and I would show up to the auditions looking just like the girl they cast in the last commercial and I think it helped. Yeah, right, you booked a lot of, a lot of yeah. commercials. So, yeah, you were on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. You're welcome. And, uh, <laughs> no, but I remember when you know, we were reading about Sundance when you're, the movie was getting sold and everything. I kept writing, like, you got to book my friend, you got to book my friend. This movie's going to be huge. Totally. So Adam was, uh, there was a little blurb. I had a friend of mine who worked for Entertainment Weekly, and he heard about us swimming with the sharks, and we were shooting it, and he wrote a little, like, a tiny little paragraph in Entertainment Weekly saying, 
upcoming movie, Open Water with Blanchard Ryan or whatever. And Adam's like, hey, I know her. And he told everybody at Kimmel, like, we should get this girl on. And they said, no, whatever. And then it was a, at least, I think, a good two years later by the time the movie was finally released. And then Adam was like, I've been telling you about this for years. But, yeah. They were right away. They but, were, well. but no, but the fun part was, uh, it was fun to have you on the show. But it was so much fun. The, you remember who the other guest was? Yes, well, I remember. <laughs> That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he wanted to paint my portrait. What was his name? Uh, Paul, Servino Paul Servino was the lead guest. He was promoting the re-release, the re-re-release of Goodfellas, uh, and uh, he would not leave your dressing room. He, yeah, he had a little case of the Blanches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was so charming and Very wonderful. Charming. But yeah, he wanted me to come over to his house so he could paint my portrait, and I, I, I wasn't able to prioritize that. Um, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. But I would be lucky to have him paint my portrait. Who am I? <laughs> You're being too polite. It was really <laughs> creepy. The other thing wasn't. It was just. Uh, was that? It was. No, that wasn't Carol King, right? Was Carol King on? I don't Jimmy know. I thought, that I thought it was you too. Oh, the singer. Yeah. I don't remember who that was. I think it might have been Carol King. Oh anyway, wow. That was an amazing experience. Um, a couple of the things, you know, you as I'm saying here, I'm don't mean to complain, but sometimes you're going through these things and, and all of a sudden you stop and say, oh my God, I'm sitting on the stage and Carol King is si- playing right. the piano and singing five feet away from me. It's like, now this is worth uh, any sleepless night or any long interview. Oh my God, I'm sitting on stage and this old guy is trying to grab my hand. <laughs> Paul Sorvino's looking down the back of my dress. Yeah, but no, he was very charming. Uh, you could say that, who cares? The he guy walked right friendly. into your dressing room. He was very he friendly. Was in the, the dressing room. Yeah, he, he came right in and... and uh, was your boyfriend there he at the came, time? Yeah, yeah, Steve, you know Steve. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure if you guys were dating. Good. Uh, that was really awkward because at one point, he's like, Steve's like, oh, I love this actor. Another point, is he hitting on my girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, Steve's pretty good sport about that kind of thing. He was like, yeah, I don't care. You can hit on you as long as I get to talk to him about Goodfellas, you know? Right. Yeah, he was, he, he's not the jealous type, but it was fine. So what do you think Open Water did for you or it, anything? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know... I think a, being very positive. Right? No, but I, I, again, I love that movie. Thank, thank God. I mean, I can't imagine the people who have to, to promote a movie they don't like. That must be a very, very different experience because I... I loved, um, I know how hard we worked on this, and I, I am so proud of the filmmakers and Daniel and everyone, and it was, it was a pleasure to do and to talk about, still is. But it made me, I mean, I was like an absolute Z-list nobody before. I mean, I was basically doing commercials and occasional, in, a little indie here and there. And um, now I'm like, oh, that's that girl in the shark movie. So if they're trying to cast up a little part in, the, in a studio movie or something, and there's somebody with a couple lines, they'd rather have me as opposed to, you know, I'm on the Y list instead of the Z list. And so that's a good place to be. They're like, oh, that's that girl that was in that shark movie. Oh, that's cool. So the next time you do do a movie like that, just do me a favor. Let me know if you're going to be completely naked in a movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I don't bring my girlfriend and say, oh, this is my good friend <laughs> my Susan's movie. <laughs> and the jaw drops. Oh, and, my God. And the whole audience was like, oh, my God. And, yeah, it you was. You must have been horrified. That was worse I than mean, the shark. I mean, not. Julie was you know sitting, know, right? my roommate, your friend, was sitting between my mom and dad at the screening. Like, it was a, a situation. But what, you I know, felt like your parents would have felt like. Oh, that's, that's, oh, I didn't need to see that. My dad was a really good sport about it. He comes from a sports background and has like a locker room mentality. He's like, oh, whatever, I changed your diapers, who cares? Like, he was okay with it. My mother was horrified. Like, my little girl. She's like a waspy Boston lady. She was like, look at what it's come to. She's selling herself and, you know, on taking her clothes off. So, God. Luckily, the rest of the movie was scary enough that she forgot about it. Was it scarier than Secret Yeah, yeah. well, screen? I'm not sure. My, my father and I were actually laughing about how she 
she really didn't care about me swimming with the sharks. She was just worried about me taking my clothes off. My father thought the more important thing was that my life was at risk. Yeah. But um, she's a Boston wasp, wasp, you know. They they have their priorities. Did you know about that, the nude scene? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I agreed with it. I mean, they say, like, oh, didn't you think it was gratuitous? I mean, well, of course it was gratuitous. All nudity is gratuitous. And But the beginning of the movie was boring. And and we needed something to wake people up. But if we, try, we tried to cut it shorter and that didn't work either, then you didn't know enough about the characters. So I think it was completely necessary. I think it performed its, its you know, did what it was supposed to do. And I have no problem with it. And have you seen Open Water 2? <laughs> no, I haven't. But I'm sure it was a fine, fine film. Uh, McSteamy's in that. I know, and he looks he's adorable. I've never met him, but I heard he's a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. I've met him, actually. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so it's Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. You can reach Susan or Blanchard Ryan. <laughs> Susan Blanchard Ryan. Cool. And yeah. your Twitter? Yes, my Twitter is SBR212. Because you have several names. <laughs> SBR212. Blanchard Ryan is my middle name, and uh, I'm Susan Blanchard Ryan, and uh, 212 is the area code in New York City. Oh, very nice. Twitter, and uh, we're at Prowler Resents. All right, thanks for listening. Hey, just a quick note. Uh, right after that interview, Susan was eaten by a shark that was hiding out in her bathtub for her for about eight years. So that was uh, awkward, but I got the last interview with her. If you want to watch Open Water, you can see it on prowlerresents.com slash open water. You can buy it. Amazon for $2 and we get a nickel. You can also go to prowlerresents.com to watch this really cool Richard Pryor clip where he's talking about Gene Wilder and Steve Martin. You can sign up for Netflix for free and we get some money and if you want to support the show you can also make a donation like John Kelmer and Justin Stoll did and that was awesome of them. Thank you guys. So you can make a donation there. A couple bucks helps out the show. All right that's it. See you next time. Sorry about Blanchard. Ugh. Awkward. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview.